and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, Stephen Daly marches in and gives us the scoop on how he finds his running mojo. Stephen and I talk about how running is exactly like the military. Strict, regimented, hierarchical, and full of long stretches of boredom. Hold for shock value. Actually, it's the opposite. Um, We talk about how uh, running has really opened Stephen's eyes to a world that is completely different from his time in the Army. Free-flowing, egalitarian, full of friends, uh, both men and women, and uh, how his running has helped him during his time serving our country. We talk about some other stuff too, but yeah, just listen and find out what that's all about. Before getting into it with Stephen, I want to ask you, isn't it about time you and your team signed up for Mighty Mosquito? What's the Mighty Mosquito, you ask? For reals? Okay, well, I want to tell you about both the Blue Foundation and the Mighty Mosquito. The Mighty Mosquito takes place August 4th and 5th, 2018. That means it's not far away. And it's one of Western New York's most unique trail races. Your team of two, three, or six covered 99 miles relay style. And, and what that really means is there's, there's three loops in this race. And so if you have six people, okay, you see what's going on here? You got three loops. You got six people. Each person runs the loop two times. Yeah, right? Like not not crazy right there. Um, and so you, you each do the loop and then you come back and then another person does the loop and then you come back, right? Loops, loops. If you have three people, Each person does it three times. You can do the math of what happens if you have two people, or you can figure it out if you're going to do this thing yourself. But it's 99 miles, and you got six people, and you got three loops. You're all smart individuals. I trust that you'll figure this thing out. However, the event runs overnight, so we'll be camping in Menden Ponds Park, and that means you get to learn and live and hang out with all the other teams. So camping, camaraderie, Menden Ponds Park, you know, pretty sweet. And hey, guess what? Mighty Mosquito 99, as uh, I call it, or MM99, as the people who don't have enough time to type call it, is part of the Blue Foundation's fundraising event series. What's the Blue Foundation? For reals? Okay, well... The Blue Foundation is a nonprofit organization based out of Canandaigua, New York. Their mission is to assist local families impacted by cancer while simultaneously raising awareness about men's health issues. To learn more about the Blue Foundation or to donate, visit their website at www.bluefoundationny.org. That'll be in the show notes. 99 miles and camping overnight at Menden Ponds Park with your friends and the Rochester running community while helping a worthwhile local charity. Can't think of a better way to spend a summer weekend. So I'm going to be there. Uh, and we're putting on a uh, Rio podcast all-stars team. 
And I'd like to announce that our fourth team member, previous episodes announced team members two and three, go back and listen. Uh, our fourth team member joining me, Laura Ruckerth, and Trail Dad is one Mr. Jeff Green. What's a Jeff Green? For real? Okay, well, he's the guy who grew a beard in the womb and yet hasn't managed to age a day since he turned 18. Yeah, paradoxical. The guy who will run a marathon to get a free piece of cake at Wegmans but won't bring a water bottle for a 50K on the Twisted Branch course. Yeah, that guy. He's ours, and you can't have him. All ours. But you can race against him at the Mighty Mosquito. Look, it's nearly the end of May. You only have a few months to come up with your matching outfits and your team fight song. So get your team, get registered, get a fight song. Katy Perry's ours. And get registered. Show up at Mighty Mosquito. Anyway, just do all those things. If you're like, I want to do all those things. I, I want to do it right now. Well, you can find the links to both the Blue Foundation and the Mighty Mosquito in the show notes. What's a show note? I don't even understand. Well, you're listening to this thing somehow, right? Either you went to the website and you're listening to it, or you're on your phone and you're listening to it. And so the show notes are either scrolly, scroll, scroll on your phone or scrolly, scroll, scroll on the show notes. And if you don't know how to do either one of those, then you go to www.runninginsideoutpodcast.com slash zero six four, and then you'll find them. That's, that's what you do. Or just go to runninginsideoutpodcast.com and you'll find them there. Whatever. I don't, I don't care. Click, do what you want. Click where you want to click. Type what you want to type. But don't miss Mighty Mosquito. That's the only thing really that's important here. And with that, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of runners just like you. <laughs> So here's the thing. Um, they they left the middle of an intergalactic battle, okay? And, and they go over to a casino planet to free a bunch of space horses. Right. And then they say, <laughs> like, it was totally worth it. And then they go back to the space battle. It and those, had no no plot point. And those horses are going to get caught when the sun comes up. Right. Yeah. You got to be right on the mic. Right. So right. that scene you're talking about? Yeah. <coughs> had no effect in the movie. All right. So so what that scene did have a bit of an effect on the movie because here's the thing. They went and they brought in the guy that gave away all the secrets, right? Right. So Poe was all like, hey, you guys go on that thing. I think it's great. And then they went on the thing, and the thing sucked, and they freed some space horses, and they found the bad guy, and they brought the bad guy back. I'd rather have a, a lightsaber scene. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather have a lifesaver scene. That movie missed it. They missed uh, some of those things I liked about um, Star Wars, those... Empire Strike Back moments where, you know, it's a duel. Or yeah. even in The Phantom Menace, they had it. Yeah. Couldn't have done better. And I guess the other part that I, the part that I feel like is your heroes. Why do you care about these heroes right now when they're gumming everything up? I don't know. 
Yeah, neither do I. You like the Star Wars franchise like I do. <laughs> well, that's I a br- whole topic on itself. I bring this up um, only because one of our very first long runs that we went on, our first like plus 10 miler together, was running around the muddy sneaker course last year. Yeah, right. And as we were running around that course, we were talking about the Star Wars books. And as, um, as we're talking about them, one of the things I think we were talking about in, in my mind was that feeling, like that, that genuine feeling. It doesn't necessarily matter if it's the Ewoks or if it's those dumb fish people. Right. Like what, but which one of them evokes a feeling and one of them makes you go, wait, what? You know, and, and that whole idea of Star Wars is kind of like a feeling, right? Yeah. And, and, and either you get that feeling or you don't. I think that's why there's such a passionate fan group or there's not. Chris, uh, she doesn't get it. Yeah. And Your lady friend doesn't yeah, get Star Wars. She doesn't get it, but I grew up with it. I'm immersed in it, read the books. You know, you get that, <clears throat> you become part of that universe and I enjoy it. I like that uh, run we went on. Actually, I went to Disney and uh, <clears throat> didn't run a day. No. No. I no. planned on it, but I did not do it. You didn't do any of the... Uh, so I went to Disney for my first time, and I went and did the uh, the Star Wars uh, Dark Side Half Marathon. Right. Yeah, and now I can say that I did one. Everybody asked me if I was going to go to run, and uh, didn't do that. I actually planned on running when I was there, um, and I didn't do any of it. Yeah. Walking yeah. around was enough. Yeah. You know, went to the pool, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but getting that, um, getting that feeling of like... <clears throat> Um, I guess that, that genuine sort of feeling like this is, this is it. Um, when I asked you to be on the podcast, that was sort of the vibe that I got from you was like this genuine, you don't run cause like you're supposed to, right. You don't run cause like somebody goes, Hey Steven, you need to run today. Cause, cause you don't, you don't take those kind of, you know, right. uh, commands, but also at the same time, like. You don't really run because you feel you, you um, I don't know. I, I guess what you sort of conveyed to me was just genuinely you love going out and running 20 milers on Saturday mornings. Yeah. Um, so, you know, part of my running experience started in high school. Um, we'll get to, you know, how this all came about. Mm-hmm. And the more I thought about the topic, I thought, you know, it, what started me running was what brought me back to running. A freshman in high school, I was really skinny and thin and had no friends, you know. I met this young guy, and uh, they were doing spring track. I had no idea. We had no athletes in my family, no running background. He said, well, why why don't we join track together? We both don't have any friends. So I said, sure. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I remember running from Greece Arcadia to uh, Up Ladder, I think it was Up Ladder Road towards the, they had just built that new Wegmans. And I thought that was forever. They're like, it's two miles. I'm like, oh, my God, who could run this far? <laughs> um, but because I had a friend, right, <clears throat> I stuck with it. And then winter track came around. Like, well, let's do winter track. All right. And, and the rest of the four years kind of played out that way. Every season it was, do you want to do it? Like, sure. I was kind of that. I never really took it. I was always, I guess I was good at running. Um, I had a... You know, I think my fastest mile was uh, on a cinder track. It was like 4.58, something like that. Right? Uh, yeah, a sub-five. Yeah. Not, fell not in, too shabby. Fell in love with a two-miler. Loved it. 
Um, just love that distance for some reason. Two the, miles? The two-miler, yeah. It was nice. Uh, then, strange enough, my running career was over after high school, and then I went into the military. And When I got into the military, it was a whole different kind of running, but I still enjoyed it and because it brought a lot of benefits. What branch of the military were you in? The Army. So you're in the Army. Yep. You go in. Army, Army. they're, they're known for the uh, boots on the ground, right? Isn't yeah. that the deal? Some guy walked up to me in the hall, and he's like, hey, what are you doing after high school? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, you want to join the Army? I'm like, sure. <laughs> so I looked down at this little pamphlet, and uh, there was a guy with a gun and some camouflage paint. And uh, I was like, can I do that? And he's like, sure. I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> so it was like this adventure I was going on. Um, did that for a while, and when I showed up, I could run. And then I didn't know, little little did I know that if you can run in the Army, it takes you a long way. I got, right. I got rank faster. I got, you know, you feel the kudos. There's like this inner inner uh, department uh, competition. PT's a little bit easier, right? Greece. Like, yeah, you're not, you're not like suffering and recovering because, I mean. Yeah. Well, there's a funny story behind that if you want to hear. Um, so the very first day I show up in Georgia, we do this like evaluation. And uh, so you have to do a one miler, right? So they put all the recruits on there and they're just doing your general fitness. And I had lapped just about everybody and I was done. So they come screaming at me, you got one more to go. I was like, no, nah, I'm done. And uh, we haven't, can you hear me okay? Yeah, just try to flip your headphones. They might be more comfortable. Is that better? Uh, are they better for you? Yeah, it's fine for me. <laughs> but uh, they, uh, they said- So uh, you lapped everybody. Yeah, I, yeah, left my friends. I never really, um, I just never had, I guess I never had a problem with uh, seeking the next adventure. Yeah. And that plays a big part of where I ended up today. The, you know, they made me run more. So it taught me a valuable lesson, though. You know, so I had, now I had to run until everybody was done. So it taught me a little bit of humility oh, in that. Oh, yeah, right. right? If you're going to show off. Yeah, because I was like, Psh, what? I'm done. They're like, oh, you are, <laughs> huh? Well, guess what? Keep running. You're like, you're like I just busted out a 17-minute two-miler. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so, like, keep going. I kept going, and, and it taught me some good, some good lessons. Because I got to experience... Um, you know the 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 people I don't normally run with. Right. You know the right the people that are still running to still try to finish. Well, running is difficult. Right. right for them. Um. And so, did you have uh, at that point? Did you ha um? Were you running because you loved running, or were you running because? Well, hey, this is the thing that's easy for me to do in the military. Were Were you getting that sort of like? I guess, joy of running at that point? No. No, I wouldn't say it was joy, but I did it because I could. It was easy. Right. Um, Some people like to do the chin-ups and the push-ups, yep. and you were doing the running. It, it just seemed to come natural. Pl yeah. Plus, I was built like that. You know, I was like 130 pounds. Right. <laughs> um, and I don't think it was really like a, a joy. I just didn't despise it like some people right. did. Right. You were, it was just a, an ability. Right. And then, um, so you did that in the army, that, and then you were at some point in the army doing army things. Army things, yeah. And um, you weren't recreationally running. No, my days were full. Um, you know, I had a young family at the time. The military takes up a lot of your day, <laughs> and like everything, you know, there's seasons for it. And yeah. so I got up every morning and ran anyway. So it wasn't right. like I finished my day and like mm, let me do another four miles. Right. Um, and it was a different type of running too.
<clears throat> yeah. Like, did you um? Did you go? Were you deployed anywhere? Mm-hmm. I was deployed overseas three times. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I went to. Uh, well, I went to places. Places. Yeah. Uh, actually, the first two weeks I hit Fort Hood, Texas, in 1993, I was shipped overseas. Brand that was guy. my that was my sophomore year in high school. Yeah. Nineteen ninety three. I was brand new. I couldn't have been any greener. Um then uh two thousand three during the Iraq war I left. Uh two thousand three, two thousand four. Then I came back and I two thousand six to two thousand nine basically I was back and forth wow. over there. So oh. I actually got to run over there, believe it or not. Um, East Samara Airfield, if anybody wants to look it up. It's in the, in the uh, Strava segments? Yeah, I wish I had a Garmin back then. Because I was like, well, I told my girlfriend, I was like, man, if I had a Garmin back then, because, you know, you like those exotic runs, like, nobody has that spot. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, was, uh, it was, that was more running for conditioning. We started to, you know, try to get back to that stuff. But, um, no, I, I just, uh, then I came home. Right. Right. Relocated back to Rochester. Wasn't really into running. Went back to school. Um, Pete Lacey is actually the one who really got me back to running. Yeah. Again, a friend. Right. So we mm-hmm. talk about how this all started. Where did it go? How did the running start? So he shows up. He's a Navy guy, and he's like, uh, "I heard there's um, these trail runs Medved's doing." Right? Yeah. And he hasn't run either, really. And um, he's like, "Do you want to go?" I'm like, "Sure, I'll go." And that's kind of how it worked out. So my, um, I guess, just being a yes man to Pete for a while. And, uh, <laughs> oh, and, he's going to love that. Yeah, and, and being having that attitude of just ex- just enjoying the experience. And when we showed up to like the Medveds runs, they were just fantastic. People were kind. How you doing? Um, which was, was nice. Right, and Pete was in the Navy, mm-hmm. right? And so he's still he's still in the reserves, yeah. but so you got you got two veterans sort of uh coming back and finding the running community. Right. And we were looking for that. We were looking for um I guess we were both used to being integrated in groups um of some sort. Yeah, and so Pete uh and I didn't find that at work, oddly enough. Okay. So we're in this environment at work, and, you know, you have cubes. Mm-hmm. You have jobs. Yep. And it's not as sociable as, like, the military was. Right. right? But the running community is. The running community is like... Right. It's um, What I find is really interesting is, especially on, like, a Medved run, it's pretty... I guess egalitarian is the word, right? Like the the fast people run with the slow people, slow people, new people with the old people. It doesn't matter. Like strike up a conversation with somebody and you're running. Right. And um, was that a – so you said you were sort of looking for a place. So you're like, hey, there's trail runs. Right. Right, and you found these runs. And now suddenly um, you found a place where you belong. You you enjoy it. Um, what what was it that sort of? How did you move beyond those Medved group runs into other things that you do now? It's probably the same. Um, I smile when I think about it. So you're running with these group of people, and everyone's kind of in this place where they're like with trails rock and trying to figure out, you know. 
everyone has a race they're doing. And I didn't know anything about races. I don't right. know who's yeah. doing what. So like, hey, we're doing Sagahunda. And I'm like, whatever, I can't even say the word, right? <laughs> so a bunch of people are doing that, and I'm like, sure, I'll do that. That was probably not a good idea. Um, looking back now, I'm like, I probably should have trained for that. But um, So you did couch the Sagahunda? Basically. Uh, nice. We do our. We were doing. We met Jennifer Forskyle at that time. Um, there was a um, some Mennonites we met through those group runs. So we would do like the Thursday runs, then Trails Rock we did with Trails Rock runs. So we were doing those small runs, and um, but no, nothing I would consider training. If I had to look back now and give that same advice to myself, I'm like, mm, probably should probably should run some miles. Right now. Like, <laughs> Get a couple and yeah. behind you. I think one of those months, I look back, I think one of those months I did like 48 miles in the month. I'm like, <laughs> probably not a good idea. You knocked that out on a bad week, right? Yeah. Well, that's what I love about running, though. Um, so we're getting into that, right? Yeah. So your first, you did a Sega Honda, though. Yeah. Off and, the couch, and in, essentially. Right. How'd that go for you? Surprisingly well. Um, yeah. I learned a lot of respect about the distance. <laughs> so I've always been of that mindset where I can do anything, right? It's kind of that bravado, put it in front of me, it's a challenge, do or die type of thing. But what I, what I really fell in love with, we started talking about falling in love with running or what, what running, why I like it now, is it taught me the respect for the distance. It taught me um, some things I wasn't exposed to in my younger life, like female runners. I learned a lot about female runners, and I grew to really respect that group. I was always in male units, right? So okay. basically my entire young adult life was male, 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 male. And you get into that world where it's hoorah, male stuff, and you're not exposed to the female. You're just not. Um, then you come out to the, to the running community, and you realize they're so strong, and they're and they're doing these amazing things, and you're like... It's just, um, to me, it was a real learning curve that I enjoyed. Yeah, and it's not only, like, the strength, um, but it's also that the welcoming and and the general camaraderie. Oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think, um, so a stat just uh, sort of popped up the other day. Um, 20 years ago, about 19 years ago, was the first Muddy Sneaker, and there were 13 women in that first muddy sneaker. And I think it was something like a, a hundred men or something like that. Now I bet you it's, it's 50, 50, you know, and I, I couldn't think of, um, I couldn't think of group runs or, um, races without, without women in them. You know, um, we just did a whole, uh, um, women's history month on the radio show and um, Jeannie Herrick was talking about when she ran the second Rochester Marathon, she won uh, third place in the girls' division. Right. You know, and, and um, there wasn't a men's division. There was like you won or you were in the girls' division. Right. And now to think of where we are today, I mean, my – my best running friends are women, you know, right. and I learn, I learn stuff from them all day, every day. Right. And like you said, when you came from a, like a male dominated, that's who you ran with, right. you know, and you're lapping them right. and you're sort of like, Hey, look at me. I'm the runner. Right. And now you come out and you got to run with somebody like Jen Lacey and you're right. like, 
wait up right wait, wait up and they're just they're i don't know i guess it maybe to somebody who didn't experience that for me it was a bigger deal because you just it's the lens that was shaped and now you see it, you're like wait a minute girls aren't supposed to run like that but here they they're just amazing and you're like so it was real it was a real learning curve i loved it i loved seeing it it really encouraged me to respect the sport right yeah because nobody really at least in my world nobody really thought running is a sport yeah there was those marathoners on tv those super skinny guys running once a year in new york or boston what was that right that's running yeah, you um, did it as like a fitness test. Yeah, right? and I was just kind of punishment or a fitness test. Or, yeah, oh, punishment, right, run right, laps. Right. Yeah. Um, but I started falling in love with running then, and the community really was the key to it. Um, everyone was so welcoming. I went to, uh, Chris and I went to a Medved run last night, and they were doing the Nathan packs. And, yeah. Um, she had met somebody um, her father was golfing with right from years ago so it's just like it's this amazing community of people right and it's not that they're all show up and toe the line they're all there talking and chatting and yeah and there's fast people and slow nobody cares Mm -hmm. and i I think that's the greatest part nobody cares you know they're just there to do their thing whatever that is some people it's you know a long week and they're just Mm -hmm. you know running out some people are trying to lose weight some people are trying to get fit some people are just screwing off that's what i like about it so how did you get to be a distance guy was it just that every day you wanted to and every day you could and so you did it more and more i think i followed the social group first um so my friends were running and like some of them were training for this or training for that so i would do the training runs uh, you need somebody to run with i'll run with you, you know? <laughs> i just I'll got go done there. running but i'll right. do it again uh it's kind of my thing i I'll, sometimes even at the sake of my own training i'd be like ah. Uh, I'll just I'll run with you guys. I'll run with you guys. I'll run with you guys. So that kind of was the base for my running. And whatever somebody else is doing, I would kind of just do that run too. You know, mm-hmm. um, Finger Lakes Fifty, another one I probably shouldn't have done. Uh, <laughs> well, we, you don't just gloss right over that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So so you went from Sega Honda, right? And was your next race Finger Lakes Fifty? I believe that was my biggest, my next biggest one. First fifty k I think I ever did was. Now was this the same year? So you went from May to July. You went from your first Sega Honda to two months later doing Finger Lakes 50? Uh, I think so, or maybe it was the next year. I'm fogging on the details. I apologize. Yeah. Hey, but I remember it was that real your, muddy year. It's your story. It was a real muddy year. Oh, one of the muddy years it was Finger Lakes 50. Yeah, huh? it was insane. It was so like, was, it either, was it either 2000 or 2001 or 2002 or 2003 <laughs> or 2004 or 2005? Yeah, I'm learning that quick. I remember, so part of getting into ultra running or running in general on the trails is you have to become friends with those conditions um, because they exist all the time, right? So... But yeah, so we did that, and a bunch of us did that. Um, that was fun. It was a painful race for me, though. Uh, but again, you know, you, you do it, you get done, and I always swear I'm not going to do another one. Yeah. Um, did that. Then I do, you know, I, I started following people who were doing the damn good trail race, so you jump in, sure, I'll oh, do that. That was my first ever uh, real deal trail race, was damn good. Like, um, I was training up to the Rochester Marathon, and this uh, 13 miler, 14 miler, 13 same right. as 14, they're right. they're the same. Um, and I was like, well, it's like, you know, 
three weeks before, or it's, it was a month before the Rochester marathon. I'm like, that's totally fine. You know, I'm going to go out and run this trail marathon. And I was like, Oh, look, a preview race, uh, a preview run two weeks before that. So I get to run two trail 14 milers nice. perfection. And, uh, I damn good as it will always be one of my, one of my favorites. Um, it's not very sophisticated. Mm-mm. You know, you go out, you run around a lollipop, you come back, but it's on some of the best trail with some of the best people. And when the Fanton sisters were doing it, it was some of the best baked goods you're right. ever going to get. And, um, and then you hang out in the field over the gorge, you know, and, right. and I don't know how you can get much better than that. You're hanging out in a state park after a day of running with friends, eating some brownies and drinking a beer or two. You know? Right, and getting weird prizes. I think last year Morton <laughs> was doing weird prizes like like uh, bib numbers, which makes it fair for everybody, right? So all you can do is show up and you might win a jar of uh, almond butter or something. You might. A belt Maybe. buckle or some kind of belt. Or... Yeah. But yeah, it is, I guess that embodies, that race for me um, embodied the whole spirit of it. You know, you can kind of go out and do your thing, whatever your thing is. If mm-hmm. it's a day in the woods, out and back, you know, it's not complicated. You're not going to get lost. Uh, Maybe not. No, oh, jeez. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we were just out there this weekend. It's a mess. Um, yeah, just snowy and muddy. Yeah, a lot of trees down. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of down trees. Um, so we went out pretty far, though, but there's a lot of down trees. Yeah. But, so I did that, and I kind of there's a, probably missing a few in there somewhere, but I'm sure of it. But I think really what changed for me this last year was we all just, well we Bob Post uh, you probably know Robert Post he decides that um, we're gonna do this run in Pennsylvania. he runs away every time we start talking about Star Wars yeah he's a <laughs> he's a sci-fi nerd too don't let him kid you <laughs> he uh, he he decides to message everybody hey let's do this Eagleton mine. 50k out in Pennsylvania. I heard it's easy. I'm like, oh, it's you know, late in the season. We're all done. I think. Uh, which one did we do before that? Uh, we did some big run before that. Oh, right after the Many on the Jenny. So we're like all we're all trained up. We all did Many on the Jenny. Yeah, let's just do this Eagleton Mine one. Okay, I'll I'll give you a pass on Many and Jenny until you finish Eagleton Mine. Go right ahead. Oh, because I blew over Many on the Jenny. Go right ahead. No, okay. Right so we get there and uh, it's just—it's supposed to be like the end of the year kind of run, and uh, turns out Pennsylvania is a whole other kind of running. Yes. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, wasn't as easy as the description might have led you to believe. Um, so there, I learned that you have to really pay attention to people's idea of what difficult is, right? So people say, "Oh no, it's easy." Yeah, but you've been running in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't do that here, but it's a different it's a different thing. Like Pennsylvania has, um, I guess, I guess I would say they have a little bit more rockier trails. Right. I mean, we have the roots in the mud, but they have the rocks and kind of like the boulder trails, yeah, Billy you know? Goat stuff. You gotta yeah, yeah. Jump down and so. Um, for me, it changed there, and I'll, I'll back up. Many on a Jenny, that was epic. Um, epic for a couple of reasons. Was that your first 40-miler? Yeah, that was my first, like... So you do a race like um, Damn Good's Out and Back. You do a race like at Finger Lakes 50, it's two loops. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. When you look at the Many on a Jenny, it's kind of like this 
to me, it was like this big thing. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's forty miles, right? right? And I have I was familiar with the trail a little bit because of the damn good. Right? So I was yeah. familiar with that, but I, I didn't know the other. And Sega Honda, right? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sega Honda was a blur. I still think I blocked that off. <laughs> I was in so much pain. I was like, nutrition? Who needs that? What is that? Just make it stop. I I I'm just barely started running with like water and nutrition. I yeah. just don't get it. Sega Honda was my first trail marathon too, yeah. so I know I know what that's like. Yeah. And I, I, it's weird. I met Valone on that trail, though, so it's I can't block it out completely because I'm right. kind of stuck with that guy. But I remember coming off that thing, and I told Chris, never let me sign up again. <laughs> Chris is not very helpful uh, in that no. regard. She's like, oh, you don't listen to me anyway. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I meet more people who said that trail was their first trail marathon. Yeah. And I keep thinking to myself, why is that people's first trail marathon? Because it's, um, well, it is, it was at that point, one of the only trail marathons. Huh. Um, Ontario Summit, it's now around. But it's also, um, it's Letchworth. It's beautiful. It's very popular. Mm. Um, it feels doable, right? Like, right. <laughs> you know, it's Letchworth. Like, and then, and then when you get there, right, you know, but that, that was sort of my gateway into ultra marathons because it took me six hours to wade through the mud in my first Sega Honda. Oof. And I was like, oh, well, I did this for six hours. I could probably run a dry 50K, <laughs> you <Right>. know, like, <laughs> oh, 50K, well, I, you know, I could have did that in six hours because... At first, I thought like four-hour marathon, you know, and I did my first marathon four seventeen, and uh, then I did Sega Honda, you know, six eight months later. But uh, yeah, that was the one that let me know I could I could be running physically on my feet, moving for six hours. Well, now the door is open, right. you know. <laughs> yeah, you open that door, it's. Yeah. It did is you, a different mindset. Did you have one of those? Was was many on the Jenny that door for you, or did that happen sort of before that? No, I think many on Jenny was my breaking point. I mean, my where I crossed over. Um, and it, well, to that to that point, we did a lot of we did preparation for that race, right? A bunch of us again. We all get together. We do the group runs, some long weekend runs. I look back and I think the the May for, I had done like 190 miles that month. So we were nice. we were prepared. I mean, there was a good group of solid runners. But again, I've never run that far. And you don't know how far you can run until you run that far. And then you don't, right? Yeah. Um, and we went with a group of people. Of course, you know, the, the after part of Many on the Jenny is, was what sold it. Man, that was, it was the perfect setting. You right. don't even know, like, in Damn Good, you never thought, boy, it would be great if this moved across the parking lot. Right. You never thought that. All the times I've been out there, I never even thought about it. Never even thought. Just go to the other side of the parking lot in this little glade here, and it was perfection. Right. Yeah. And it didn't seem... I remember running to the first uh, aid station in Manila, Jenny, with a bunch of people again. The thing I like about our running community here is we get to the first aid station, I think it was like seven miles. And I was like, oh, we're already at the first aid station. ha da da and I, had I, I remember... Um, I mean, you had that little bit of run through Jurassic Park down yeah. the mud slick. Uh, I felt so many times. God. I remember one time Sheila Egan had said, uh, she, she said, uh, uh, one of these uh, trails, she was doing trail rock run. She's like, oh, I'm going to do a 17-miler today. She must have been training for something. 
And I, I barely knew her, the Egan's at the time. And I thought to myself, who can run 17 miles? That's crazy. <laughs> in one day? That's crazy. And, um, but it got the wheels turning, right? Like, you know? Yeah. Uh, Sheila's always been a strong runner. I always looked at her as like one of those people who, she puts her mind to it. She runs out there. And uh, so it got the wheels turning. Many Island Journey was great. The, I don't think you could have got a better day. So we stay, we stay on site, the campsite. Um, runners everywhere. So you got runners at the campsite. You got runners at the, uh, at the park. You got runners in the car. You got runners everywhere. And you, right. and you know most oh. of them, right? Yikes. You know most of them at some point. Right? Some, you know, running communities kind of loose. You know everybody sort of. Mm-hmm. And uh, the weather was perfect. The run went off smooth. It was a great day of running. Everybody was happy. You know, and it was it was very challenging. So it was just an epic day. And when we finished, we were wiped, right? 40 miles, it was a long way. But it didn't feel like it did in Sagahunda. Sagahunda was like, don't ever let me do this again. Right. Manly Jen was like, when can I do that again? Right. Isn't that weird, right? Right. So I don't know what the difference was. Yeah. I feel I feel very similar. Um, Sagahunda's drained me whereas many on the jenny refilled me even though i came out of that race and i decided that i was going to take a year off of ultras it was because the next time i ran an ultra i wanted to really show up and perform right whereas sega honda i'm like that's all i got i'm all done Uh, nothing else left you know and so i really do enjoy what um the environment of many on the Jenny provided. I would agree. It, it, I think I'm the same. And I, I think it goes back to the comment I made about why is Sagahunda's people's first trail marathon? Because it, you play a dangerous game with that. If that's your introduction to trail marathons, you may find yourself on the other side of like, I quit. This isn't for me kind of stuff. Um, whereas many on the Jenny take the distance out of it it's just it was an overall hands down um, probably the best ultra run I've ever done, and of yeah. course you know, I haven't caveat I haven't done a lot of ultras, but mm. but you were trained, yeah, and you you ran well. When did you run eight and a half? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Yeah, you know? I, I fell down the stairs, but you know you fall, you get up, you run. I didn't have any real nutrition issues. Um, the aid stations were fantastic. All along the way, you got runners encouraging you. Mm-hmm. And I think by this time, too, when I got to the Many on the Jenny, I had matured more as a, as, a, as a runner, you know, got more into relaxed a little bit. Um, we were laughing the other day because we were talking about the Menden Mauler. And uh, I said, uh, that was my first trail run when I switched over from road running to trail running because it really mauled me. Like it ate me alive, 12 miles. It destroyed me, but it really, it kind of showed you what the difference is. Like you, that doesn't really translate well. Right. So many other Jenny, I'm on the waiting list this year. Unfortunately, still on the waiting list. Oof. Yeah. For me, uh, many on the Jenny, I'm going to be at Western States. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, it's, it's terribly fantastic because I, I would have liked to have gone back and because I feel like, you know, hmm. uh, I really like first year events. 
and I like first year events put on by my friends. Right. You know, um, Twisted Branch, um, Ontario Summit, Many on the Jenny. I did all of those first years. Medved, um, Midsummer Night's Madness. Yeah, that's a fun one. Yeah, all, you know, I really, um, I like first year events put on by little groups and, um, I would have liked to have gone back for the second year, but I'll be out in out in the West and you know whatevs. Um, but I'll be I'll be following the many on the Jenny updates from right. Western states, you know, yeah. as opposed to last year. <laughs> well, Western states is iconic, right, in the old right. world. I mean, that's right. It is, and it's going to be great going out there with Hobbs and everything. But I, I, at the same point, that's another thing I love about this community is. You could be doing something amazingly huge, yet you still feel like you're missing out at home, you know? Right, right. Um, I, I, I feel like I, I really wanted to go on that run in Letchworth last Saturday, you know, and I just, it wasn't, it wasn't in the cards for me. And I'm like, oh, I just, all it was was a bunch of silly people going and running in the woods. And I'm yeah. like, oh, come on, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, and I think I I hit ultra running at the right time in my life too. My son's grown; he's in college. I have I have a great partner who understands that I'm gone for hours, right? Yeah. And uh, she understands that you know if I'm gone half the day on a Saturday, it's it's better than me sitting around and twiddling my thumbs. So. Right. So that really, really, my lifestyle now affords me the luxury of saying, you know what, this is what I really like doing, and I'm going to go do it. Right. Um, but she's right. also out running now too, right? So, she is. so she's gone that same half of the day as you are. Uh, it's funny because you know it's like a circle. I watched when we first started dating six years ago, seven years ago. She, um, she's a run for fitness, which is legitimate, right? Everybody runs for whatever they run for. She could never understand, you know. But now she's got the I got my own watch. I got my running partner. I got to get my run in. She's doing a half marathon trail, um, so it's nice to see kind of her coming in into it organically, versus uh, constantly cheerleading somebody into running. Right, that's a poor way to do it. But um, you also both were running at uh, last runner standing, right? Yeah, yep. she. Yep. And that was what did she did? She did ten miles yeah, that day. Ten miles. And that's uh, at that point that was the furthest that she had run. Yes, further she had run. And she ran that in a uh, timed lap race? Yep. And she was excited. So, you know, one of the tells for me is her last lap, she was exhausted, but she really tried. And for me, that's a tell. And somebody's like, you know, sometimes we play it down because we don't want to be like, oh, you know, but uh, I, I care, but not too much. But then they run that last lap like they care. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> I got this. But, uh, you know, one of the things I try to avoid is, you know, she did her first 10 miles, and she's like, well, you know, that's far, but not really far. You know, you guys run forever. But I'm like, slow down, that's perspective. Slow you roll. I 10 like, miles is 10 miles. I thought I said, in the military, you run two. Mm-hmm. So it's not about, you got to be careful sometimes. And uh, I'm at least I am careful with that in my personal relationships with um, talking about distance mm-hmm. because it, it's perspective, right? Yeah, I mean, I do that. I'm doing that now where um, I am, quote, struggling, you know, on a five to eight mile hard run. I'm like, oh, that was terrible. And I'm like, but you 
you went out and ran five miles. Right. Like, like it was terrible, um, but not terrible, right? Like it was, it was difficult for where you wanted to be, but you went and ran five miles in the woods on a nice, beautiful day when a couple snowflakes are falling in the beginning of April, and it was, it was perfect. That's a good life, right? It was, it was a challenge, but it wasn't terrible, you know. And um, I think that I think that that perspective is. It is um, fostered by um, so many running groups having group runs. So many of like ambassadors, right? That are that are like, I'll run with the ten minute group, or you know, just throwing together ragtag six or seven friends, and they're all varying speeds, you know. Right. And um, one of the things that you were mentioning to me was um, that idea that like. People are just actually coming because they want to hang out and run. They're not coming always because they want to get more fit or they want to train or they want to compete. Like we went to the um, the Trails Rock birthday run, right? right? And you were just like, all these people just came here to celebrate uh, a group. Like, right. you know, and, and we hung around after that and just kind of chatted and and at some point it crosses over from being about running to being about friends yeah i don't think it could be i think the friendship part of it's a lot more important than any record time distance because really i know it sounds like a cliche but nobody really cares i mean in the sense that we care if it's you care right so if you're going out for your longest run or you're going out for your best race we care for you and that's what I like about it too, because everybody's encouraging yeah. to you to, oh my gosh, your longest run, and or this is you're trying to beat your best time, or maybe you, this is you, you know, particular race is your nemesis race, and you're going to finish it this time. Yeah, right. That's what I like about your podcast. I'll listen to some of those gentlemen and ladies. Sometimes you just have a run that you just got to get out. You got to get over it. <laughs> you got to so, get it out of your head. Yeah. So everybody's encouraging you for you, not because of some arbitrary. Uh, goal or distance nobody, and, that, and maybe when I say nobody cares it sounds like ah no, but they really don't care for the, that say they care because you care and I like that about it um, about the running community if you care you have all these friends that care for you um, and that's kind of nice but uh, yeah um, go ahead oh no so that's what keeps me I guess you know so we're talking about you know the whole running thing and I, I looked at some of the runners you have on your podcast by the way and uh, I'm it's a privilege to be on here. I am not as accomplished as some of those ladies and gentlemen on your podcast. I don't win much. Um, I, I, I've i never won anything. I, I just enjoy it. <laughs> um, so many on Jenny was great. And then we moved into this fun run that Robert Post will probably uh, hate me for saying. But we all, it was just, it was crazy. But we had a, such a great time. You know, we got done, we laughed. That's the, and we eagle, that's the eagle Mine. Yeah, the eagle, Eagleton Mine 50K Challenge in Pennsylvania. It would, but it would, that race changed me a little bit. I left that race a little different. Um, I actually loved, I loved that it was that hard, um, and I did it. And I did well. I mean, I think I finished in the top ten, like fourth in my age group or something. You know, got lost a couple times. You know, <laughs> Todd and I went down this wrong 
uh, Todd Beverly went down, and I went down this log cabin road anyway. You know, like every trail race, you have a, you have a, um, an adventure about, oh, I got lost, or oh, I got turned around, oh, you stop, you know, it stops becoming a big deal. It just happens. Um, so I left that race, though. I, I left there, and I thought to myself, man, what if I try? Oh, oh no! What would I do if I actually oh, put no. some miles in? So this was like October, late October, kind of chilled. November came, and I said, "You know what? I'm going to try. I'm going to see what happens if I train for the first time." Because right. I, I think I started running late 2012, 13, 14, and then you know it was fun. I'm enjoying it. It's my lifestyle now. It's not really about doing anything or like i don't have like right. a goal race i don't have any of that i just kind of did it if you guys were doing it i was doing it too yeah. um and kind of doing it all together hang out get a hotel room kind of stuff um when i left there i said you know what i'm gonna do it i'm gonna see you know stop pedaling around and put the work in because so let's so strava Right. You know, so yeah. Strava is the way. Right. I get on Strava, and I'm like, so I look at Strava, and of course I'm a Strava stalker. So if you're out there and and uh, I'm your friend on Strava, I'm probably stalking. <laughs> I'm and checking out every one of your runs. Of course, I look. I went all the way back, and I started looking at all the finishers before me, right? And because um, people like to use, it, so I'll talk about myself. So you start to have these little conversations with yourself about, well, they're faster, or they're younger, or they're more talented, and this and that. And you realize, mm, nope, they're just putting the work in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just putting the work in. So you do a little side-by-side comparison, like, oh, wait a minute. They ran. They actually trained. Oh. So doing all that work, I thought, you know, that's really what it boils down to. you got to put the work in. Yeah. And when you get to the higher ends, yeah, I'm sure talent matters. And I'm sure all that matters. But at my level, it didn't matter. It was just about putting the work in. And uh, so I committed to like a... 24 week program I think I'm at the end of it now it's my last week um, and I wanted to see if I could do it I wanted to see if I could do it without getting injured which which uh, I really never had really bad injury problems um, and here I am ready to do this uh, Flora Fanta Fanta Flora 50k right so you you went on 20 24 weeks training program and and one might argue that you are already trained um and so you you put in the work for 24 weeks for a 50k you've done 40 milers so this Mm -hmm. isn't about can i achieve this distance um you run routinely you run 20 milers uh every weekend by yourself and you just go and knock out 20 milers in four hours Right. Um, so you now are going to uh, presumably for the first time compete. Right. Like. Compete. Yeah. Somebody said something. They're like, you probably win it. And I was like, oh, God, that's scary. <laughs> who wants to win? Right. <laughs> who wants to who wants to be first? Right. Because there's safety in being back in the. Uh, yeah. You know, being back in the. Because there's no commitment left to You don't want to be chased. Right. And I'm afraid of that part of me, too. You know, that competitive part of me. I'm afraid to, there's, you know, those demons. Yeah, but maybe you find yourself up there and maybe you find out that's where you should have been all this time. Right. So, well, we'll see, right? So, and part of that, part of that, too, um, 
was not can I do it because obviously I did the 50k in Pennsylvania I could do the distance it was could I do the training could I really commit myself yeah. to it could I stop being willy nilly about it if I really want to do it stop using uh, right. run with your friends as an excuse to run easy that's right and to be oh that's why I'm performing the way I am um, so you have those internal conversations and then Mother Nature did a good job of uh, challenging me this year like yeah uh most of us. Um, I watched Laura do hers. Uh, yeah, Laura, so Laura Rucker did that 100-miler, yeah. right? And she ran her most miles ever in her life in the month of January and February. And if you were here, you know that those two months were not the easiest months to run the most miles of your life. All right, so that brings us up to present day, right? So Strava... <laughs> you know, all these people out there. I'll get like defriended now. So, so I'm running this. I'm running the same kind of mileage, right? You're up there like 50 miles a week. You know, you're you're in that range. Um, and there's a few people I won't go into naming people, but that I watch and as an inspiration, like you know, we're running the same routes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's four minus four for all of us. Yeah. Right. Yep. So yeah, um, the difference is they want to do it. Do you want to do it? So you have that conversation. For me, it was a little bit of maturity mentally. Um, kind of brought me back to the old days mm. in the Army where you got to do things, even when they're uncomfortable. Right. And uh, it's not sunny in 70 all the time. Right. So when when you got a 12-miler after work, you're tired, and you've already, you're 13 weeks into your training, and it's negative four, and the wind's whipping at you, you're like, damn. <laughs> You're like, I love running. Right. Yay. Right. Um, <laughs> and so there's, you know, those people like Laura in particular, and, and I watch a lot of these videos about ultra runners, and I started getting into I bought a book. You know, I do all that stuff. You know, you start to see what makes these people tick. Because really it's not common. People just don't run 100 miles or 50 miles. Just don't do it. Yeah. And you kind of get in this bubble Amongst your friends that, oh, yeah, marathons, we do that on the weekend. What? Right? Yeah, that we we renormalize the distance, right? right. And, and that gets back to what you were saying about earlier, about respecting somebody with their first 10-miler. Uh, it's not like, hey, hey, do 10, great. Uh, right. We do 20. It's right. not about that because we realize if we're if our head's in the right place, we realize that your first 10-miler is just as difficult as your 30th 20-miler if you're doing it right. I you agree. Know? I agree. I explain that a lot, too. I, and I can honestly say, I don't think... So I've been with this trail community in Rochester for a long time, four years, five years, six years, something like that. I don't think I can ever remember a single moment where somebody's had that attitude, where they said, well, yeah, well, I ran a 50K last week. Good luck on your first marathon. Yeah, I've, it was probably the complete opposite, and that's probably why I'm right. here today, running, enjoying it. Um, and I'm definitely cautious. I definitely don't do that to others. I, the complete opposite. I always tell them, mine feels the same as yours. You know. Well, and that's that's what. Um, so with crewing with Jamie Hobbs, right? Um, I've crewed him through um, two Hellgates down in Virginia, and he has finished um, in. He finished uh, 10th in one of them, and then he finished 21st in another. One of those benefits is we get to be up in the front of the race. Right. 
everybody in that front of the race is working just as hard as the people in the back of that race. They're just moving a little bit faster. You know right. what I mean? When they get done, it's not like they're like, oh, let's go do another one. You know, right. <laughs> like when they get done, they're just as spent. They're just as beat up. They try just as hard. And then they sit around at the finish line and they're hanging out and watching everybody else, you know, and it's not that idea that, uh, it's not that idea of like, you know, let's hang around and watch the slow people. Oh no! It's like, let's watch the race, you know? And I guess that's what I loved about last runner standing is when I got done, I got to watch. I was one of the slow people quote, you know, I got done and I got to watch you knock out 20 miles or 18 right. miles. Yeah, I think it was 18. Right? So what was it? No, it was 20 on the last. No, wait, it was 18. They don't count the last one, so that's 19. That was the yeah. first one, yeah. Yeah, so I got to finish a race and then watch the end of the race that I was in. I got to watch the winners, you know, and that was super cool because I get to watch all these really fit people struggling. And I remember you were like, I don't want to do another one. And mm-hmm. Eric's like, and go. Yeah. And you're off and you did another one, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the your, your 20 miler is the same as somebody's first 20 miler if you're doing it right. right. So you're putting in all this work. You're, um, you're comparing or, or looking and, and um, taking some motivation from people that are doing the same thing. Right. Um, you're all out there and you're looking and you're like, oh, she ran 20. She ran another 20. I'm getting out there and doing my 20. Yeah. And I've had comments about social media, especially today. People talk about social media, social media, social media. I'm, a, I'm an extrovert. I love social media. Um, it has its pros and cons. But like a Strava type. Right. To me, it was inspirational. You right. Know, I see people, when I see, I, I consider people who do ultras dreamers. Um, they take these ultimate challenges that are absolutely ridiculous. Right. We're going to run 100 miles. That's ridiculous. Not only are they going to dream to do that, but then they pick out a place, and then they pick out a race, then they pick a plan, and then they stick to it, and then they get their friends involved, and then they do the hard work. To me, that's that's what I consider a dreamer, somebody who dreams, and that is to me is fascinating. Like to have that ability to go out there against all odds. I mean, it's you know, it is really against all odds. I mean, we have some terrible winters. Mm-hmm. And I mean the weather today it's like <laughs> April. Um so what what those social media does for me is when I see somebody finish a run, I could just celebrate with them. So, you know, those likes, those clicks, it's not about um uh, it's not about this popularity contest. It's more of uh, let me celebrate with you. Um you know, I was out there too. It was negative four. I understand kudos, right? Mm-hmm. Uh so I enjoy that. I enjoy that part of Strava, and um, it's never a comparison. It's always an encouragement, right? Uh, and you know your friends' struggles. You know what people are going through. You know, dark is dark for everyone. 4 a.m. is 4 a.m. for everyone. So if somebody's up at 4 a.m. and doing a run, you're like, kudos, man, because I know it's dark, right? So well, that's what I enjoy about it. Um, there's just some... I just met some really uh, fascinating people in this community. It's really inspiring. Yeah, one of the um, 
one of the fun parts I like is that we may we may find ourselves running with somebody who we would have never come across in regular society. They might share completely different political viewpoints or they might have just different lifestyles, um, different professions, different education levels, whatever it might be. Um, but we find ourselves huffing and puffing together on the trail, you know, and, and then you end up sharing things with those people because you're huffing and puffing on the trail that you might not share with somebody, you know, that you work with. And, and there's that thing, like, you know, Sheila and I and uh, Jen on the radio show, we go like, why do we share the things we share when we're running? And if you think about that, if you, if you meet somebody from a different political spectrum or a different, um, financial or, you know, um, working or, um, I don't know, any kind of different sort of class and you're sharing with them some of the things that you share on the trail, like that's real human stuff, you know? Yeah. And that's social media can bring you two together to get you to go on a group run. Sure. But then social media doesn't get you sharing, right? That's when the real sharing right. happens, right? That's correct. And so that's that's my struggle is like I have running friends on these sites that we coordinate and then we go run and that's where our real life happens. Right. But I got to be on these sites to connect with them and then all the rest of the other junk filters right. in, right? Yeah, the ads and the, all the other good stuff. Right. But... But yeah, you. There's people that I would have never met any other way but for running. You know? oh, I don't disagree, especially my demographic. You know, coming out of where I came from, the running community has a shared common struggle. And I, mm -hmm. you know, going back to, you know, when you go to training, any type of military training, you come from every walk of life, every state, every gender, every, right. every class, and they just make you all suffer together, and that becomes the common thing. Right, and you become friends fast. I think the trail has piece of that. You, you know, we go, we show about a Thursday night run. It could be forever. I don't ask you why you're here. We're just here all together. Yeah. And you get to run, and you're like, oh yeah, the sticks are down. That windstorm was something else. How are you doing? Oh, work was crazy. And then before you know, you're talking about farts and yeah, and uh, all kinds of crazy stuff. Talking about um, 401k rollovers, yeah. or you're talking Star about, Wars and yeah, right? Star Wars, or you're talking about yeah. bad knees, or you're talking about anything. You know, where did you uh, where did you go to get your paint? And do you have a plumber <laughs> and Anything comes up. Uh, you know? it, it's true. It's every. It's everything. And then when you're done, like yesterday we finished, and you kind of have like this feeling like, oh, can't wait for next week. Yeah. Like, hey. you know, there's like this, yeah, it's a weird feeling to it. Uh, different than the gym. I've been in the gym a lot. Uh, I lift, I swim, I do all that. The running just is different. Mm -hmm. It's just different. Um, and I encourage everybody to experience it they can. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, so I'm at the... I'm at the end of this training cycle. Right, and you're gonna you're gonna go win this 50k. Jeez, I want to show up. Right? <laughs> uh, we'll see uh, part two if there's a win. Uh, the winning is not my goal. My my of course, uh, I would be disingenuous if I said um, I don't want to do well. No, you put in the work. Right, this was this was your goal. What right. could I do 
if I put in the work. Right. Right. And so. uh, I'm uninjured. I'm strong. Um, I'm capable. Let's go see what happens. Right. Let's just see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I what I didn't intend to discover is those twenty milers. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love them. I fell in love with it. You just you are the most you are you are like the. Um, you're like the fiber one of 20 milers, dude. Yeah. You are so regular. Right. Well, it started out because I, you know, starting this training plan, I had to figure out, okay, I have a life. I have a job, 40 hours. I got a um, personal life I got to maintain. I got, you know, a home and a dog and a cat. And how do you get all those miles in? You got to start getting creative, right? So Friday afternoons, I said, you know what? My, my partner works Friday nights at Ricky's she, they own that restaurant so here's a bunch of unclaimed hours hmm mm-hmm. what am I doing with these so I said you know what I actually can run from like three thirty, four o'clock till 10 o'clock at night if I want to so then I said well why don't I do that why don't you do it you got that time <laughs> and then Mother Nature was like well no you can't because we're going to fill the trails full of snow and the roads are going to be absolute shit and you're going to get run over by a plow we're going to freeze over the sidewalks so that you have no ankle strength, you know. So I started going on the canal because it was right next to my work, Glock 33. And I just fell in love with that. I just get out there and just, just disappear for a while. And for me, it's mentally relaxing because there's no cars, no traffic. There's no trailblazers. It's just straight out, straight back. Now, some people find that frustrating. Mm-mm. I love it keep going and then the nice thing out there when you go towards like Fairport it's all the crushed gravel mm-hmm. so it makes it even better 10 out and 10 back right? I mean I always tell myself mentally I only have to do 10 miles mm-hmm. only 10 miles right uh, that's another Pete Lacey thing he uh, <laughs> early on in our days he's like it's like 5 5k's that's it yeah. like, hmm, let me see that seems to make sense yep. it's not that far Yeah. Um, so I, I love it and then I I found that my body responds very well to that. Like there was, I expected to be super tired, exhausted, you know, because you just think that's how you should feel. And I realized, mm, nope, it doesn't work. I can go up and do 20 more and then probably do 20 more. Yeah. And then do 20 more. The thing that holds me back is being responsible to the, again, going back to respective distance, right? I'm not in a rush to break my body. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so you get all kinds of advice from everywhere, from people who surprisingly never run, and they will tell you how bad running is for you. Oh, well, I mean, I that. I'm staring at your broken knees right now. Yeah. Running is so uh, terrible. It's terrible. And when I, people say, you run a lot, I'm like, I've been running since I've been like, I don't know, 15, 16. So, and in some really terrible conditions, um, with boots on and concrete every morning. So, no. Uh, but maybe genetics, whatever. Um so now I'm in this taper period. So I'm like, I think I'm like 800 and, I think I'm like 863 miles into this training, 24-week training program. So it's a lot of miles. Yeah. Um, and uh, I feel really great. And I'm, that makes me nervous because I'm like, feel really great, right? I should, maybe I should feel tired, right? You start to listen to what people think you should feel like. Do you do anything else? Do you do um, yoga? Do you, you said you do no. gym and you do some swimming. I do. I used to do a lot more gym. Do you get massages? I do get massages. I love massages. Yeah. Uh, I probably get a massage. I probably get, depending, probably get 10 a year, maybe 12. Okay. So, yeah. Pretty, pretty frequently, I treat myself, right? Mm-hmm. 
Groupon. You work hard? Well, I mean, Groupon's a Groupon you get. As long as you're not shy, right? And you, it's not a sketchy place. You're right. You're willing to meet new yeah, new you, massage therapists. Yeah. I have uh, I have one particular place I go to, but, um, you know, rubbing down the bones is rubbing down the bones, right? Yeah. Um, and I don't have any sports injuries, so I don't have any real specific needs. Right. Uh, but I used to lift a lot more than I do now. And that's partly because um, I had to decide what I wanted to do, right? Can't be a master of all things. Right. And lifting is difficult. Strength training is difficult. Um, and running is difficult. That's why hats off to triathletes. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. I really don't. Like, they swim. Okay. I get it. I'm afraid of drowning. You know, they bike, which is whole biking is a whole, it's a whole nother thing. Like you're gonna zip around on the streets. You got you got to learn. It's not a natural thing, right? right? And like in upstate New York, I don't. Like, I'm afraid to run on the side of the road. Yeah, because they're nuts, right? Yep. Especially at five thirty <laughs> in the morning. I mean, most people, most of us get our training, and if we work in a regular job, yeah. you know, you're doing either before work or right after work, and uh, it's suicidal. Um, you know, and then you got to run. So, I decided part of this program that I did I just decided to I'm a strength trainer when I can right so take the pressure off I don't need to be in the gym um, it goes back to that old philosophy if you want to be a better runner run, run more yeah. hmm. it was I think look, somebody quoted in one of those books how to run your first hundred mile um, if you want to run faster run faster you want to run longer run longer yeah. mm, end the conversation right so you're like well, that seems kind of simple <laughs> But so I, I lift, I do push-ups, you know, I do a lot of stuff, and uh, I keep it on Instagram. Obviously. Yeah, you're, you're, you know, you're a pretty, you're a pretty hunky fella. You, oh, you're thanks. all, you're cut up in all the right places. Thanks. That's a, it's a t-shirt, t-shirt stuff. Uh, hopefully, it translates. Uh, uh, so, so you go out and you run this race. Yeah. And, and you do well. Um, you've now, you've now. Um, shown yourself that you can dedicate 24 weeks and do the program. This was uh, self-coached, right? You sort right. of put this together yourself. Yeah, kind of internet thing, you know? Yeah, you got 24 weeks, and you're knocking out 20 milers like nobody's business, and you're feeling good. Feeling great. So um, where do you think you go from here? Interesting. I mean, do you have big plans after this race? Um, you're gonna you're on the wait list for many on the Jenny, right? Um, are you thinking greater distances or faster at the same distance or adventures or what do you you well, know? I don't think I so faster at the distances doesn't really concern me too much because I like the ultra events, you know. So each event is its own thing. So it's hard, it's not like a marathon. You know, we'll go on a road marathon. I ran a 320, and this time I ran a 324. Next time it's going to be a 321. Each one of these events is in their own animal. So for me personally, to say, you know, is it a 5-hour 5K, uh, 50K, or is it a 6-hour 50K, 7-hour? It just depends, right? Same, The same event could be different next year, just weather, right? So you end up with mud, mm-hmm. one of those muddy years, which seems to be every year. Um what I want to do is go farther. Um, I want to be stronger, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. I like to see where my body's taking me. I'm 44, and I think I'm in the best shape of my life. And that's saying something. I mean, I'm not. I went through airborne school, 14 years in the military, uh, pretty, 
pretty fit guy. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't like I was starting at zero. And to be in this be- in this shape of my life, uh, I like it. It feels great. I wake up in the morning, you feel good. You feel good about yourself. You carry yourself different. Um, it, um, I want to go to, I like the 50K distance right now. Mm-hmm. I think this this next race might might reinforce that. Yeah. Um, 50 miles is definitely there for me. Uh, just finding the right one. I like going out on adventures like North Carolina, doing the local stuff, but going out for like a little staycation, you know, you go out, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, a little uh, vacation and spend a couple of days in a new area. Yeah, I mean, you did 40 miles at Many and the Jenny in eight and a half. That's pretty darn good. Yeah. So yeah. 50 miles is obviously within your reach. Right. Right. And it's just, I guess it's a growing period. It's getting past that, you know, the idea like uh, I run with my friends and then that's kind of the blanket, the, the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Moving out of my comfort zone uh, athletically and ultra running is yeah. kind of where I'm at. Well, and as you move up in those miles, as big as a running community we have, you end up with slightly fewer friends that are doing it right Right. like some of your friends they only want to run 50ks right so you might you might be in the 50 or 100k territory or 100 mile territory by what uh feels like by yourself maybe but that's an opportunity to make different friends you know you gotta be comfortable with that that's what the winter training is about like this winter training was really um yeah nobody's running today uh, everybody's indoors, and your schedule has you down for 15. So good luck. Yeah, so it's a test, right? Do you, if you're truly a recreational runner, that's fine. That's that's awesome. Um, but if you're gonna, if you're gonna, for me, if I was gonna do this next step for me, I had to get past that hurdle. I had to say yeah. to myself, okay, it's all fun and games, right? When you want to screw around and athletically, you can do that. But if you're gonna train for something, there's gonna be some difficult times. You know, mm-hmm. it's dark at four thirty. It's cold as crap. It's been cold for days. It's not getting warmer. It's not getting nicer tomorrow. Um, and you're by yourself. Yeah. Have a nice day. So yeah. you got to get comfortable in that being an uncomfortable space. And all those cars want to kill you. Right. Uh, I'm so I I'm so over running uh, in suburban roads like the my road was. 10 years ago was a 35 mile an hour road. It's a 54 mile an hour road now. You know, I mean, it still says 35, but, um, that I just, I can't do it anymore. Like I can't, it's just too uncomfortable. It doesn't, it doesn't feel great. And we've lost a couple runners in the community over the last couple of years. And it's like, you know what? I'm just going to go to the woods, you know? Um, but that's, you got to drive now, you know, and you got to drive to run. And that's why I like the canal. I'll be honest with you, I, yeah. It, you know, it, you, don't, you don't get your elevation there. Obviously, it's flat, but it for me as a runner, it's comfortable. That's why I like the greenway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, same way. You get on it. You don't have to overthink. You know, yep. there's a certain stress too when you're on the road and you're running because you're always, for me anyway, I'm always worried. Like mm-hmm. on this side of me, right? So it's hard to truly relax when I'm doing those long runs yep. to just kind of zone out and get in that little space where you are because yep. you always have this mm, I've run down Eastridge Road a ton of times this winter and I can't tell you how many times people just do not 
see you. I feel like they drive towards you sometimes. Like, I have yellow jackets on, little blinkers, reflective gear. I look like a Christmas tree, and they just are whatever, wherever they are in their mind, mm-hmm. they just zipping out. Yep. And uh, so it kind of screws with the run a little bit. Um, yeah. But that's why you write, you know, the Greenway, you have, you know, some spaces you can run. Yeah, we got the canal, we got the river walk. Yeah. We got we got so many trails here, you know, right. so. When we run down Durant, I live down towards Seabreeze, and uh, you run around the coin. To get double digits, you got to run basically the entire <laughs> You got to right? run the whole town. Yeah, you got to run the entire town all the way down to past Durant, through the beach, yeah. up through Lake Avenue. You got to do this whole damn thing. Yeah, I just started working up there, and I'm like, okay, there's a four-mile. Right. <laughs> yeah, I... You know, yeah, you especially if you want to avoid 104, like, right. you know, so that's nice. I don't know. So you're going to, you're going to look to go a little bit further. Yes. You're going to look to, um, challenge a little bit more, but, um, overall, I mean, you're just going to keep running. Well, yes, I think I'm going to, my next thing is a hundred miler. I know I don't want to talk too much about it cause it gets, once you put it out there, it's out there, but uh, I shared this with Christine already. Um, there's this thing that kind of gets into your system when once, you're like, once you think about it one time. Yeah, I've bought a book. Amazon. <laughs> I run 100 miles. Page one. Run 100 miles. Oh, damn. <laughs> it was more of a pamphlet. Yeah. Drink water. <laughs> like what? Oh, I gotta eat. Um, so uh, I I read Laura's. Um, Laura's right up on her hundred on Antelope Island. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And she said something I won't quote her in it because I can't quote anybody. But she said something to the to the fact that when she was done, she felt like it was, you know, it wasn't this tragic event. It was enjoyable. She felt like comfortable in that space. And she, to me, I, so I've been watching all these videos about ultra running. Um, what I took away from hers was she had trained for that Mm -hmm. she had put the work in for that Mm -hmm. she got the experience because of that Mm -hmm. it wasn't like this oh my god you know at mile 90 i completely collapsed and then i was out of nutrition and i crawled through the first you know these that's kind of what people tend to put out there those kind of disaster scenario right i survived the disaster right like i survived sagahunda yeah i'm not that's not going to be celebrate right that's not a celebratory uh thing what I got from hers was... I survived Ontario Summit half. <laughs> right. We all have those races, right? Everybody has that race like, I survived, I should have, what? Um, and that, I think, validated the whole reason why I started training. Because I said, what if I trained, put the work in, how would I feel? Mm-hmm. And when she really did her write-up, I thought, okay, I've been following her running thing all season two. And I thought, so here she is, she put the work in. This is her goal race. She did it. She comes out of it with this wonderful experience and not this horrific, uh, you know, just this 100-mile tragedy. It was it was really inspiring. Kind yeah. of validated why you got to put the work in. Yep. And it goes back to what I said in the beginning of the podcast. You just got to respect the distance. Yep. It is, it is, it is a distance. Mm-hmm. And each distance has its own... Has so, its own thing to it. So to that, I would say you've done a 40-miler. A 100-miler is two and a half 40-milers. Right. You think you want to, you need a signpost of maybe 100K before you go to a 100-miler? 
I don't know. Or are you just gonna? I mean, my first my first ultra was 100k, so I'm not I'm not right. throwing any stones. Well, um, but I, I guess I'm just wondering: is this is the 100 mile the the long term goal, um, or, or and and you have some like okay, I'm gonna hit this 50 miler, I'm gonna hit this 100k, I'm gonna stay at 100k for a while, or are you just gonna bust your butt until you feel good about a 100 miler? I think I'm just going to do the 100 miler. I thought about both of those scenarios. I thought, you know, of course, when she's thinking about this stuff, it trying to eats at your brain. Once it gets in there. And it's a matter of being comfortable with being confident, right? So you train, you feel good. All right. You do a Benny on the Jenny. That was fun. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a Sagahunda. Um nope. Then you start to learn from the people who have done it. You look at people who are accomplished runners and experienced. And that's what I told you when I emailed you about your podcast was the reason I like the podcast is because I can go on any internet site and find any information I want. Mm-hmm. But that information I really can't trust. What I can trust from the podcast is you have real runners on that talk about real stuff, real <laughs> shit, right? Damn, this is what I should have done. This is what I shouldn't have done. And I take a lot of value in that. Because these are, there's no sponsor, there's no glossing it over. They're just telling you, damn, it was good, it wasn't good. This is what I did right, this is what I did wrong. Um, this is what I want to do better next time. You kind of feel their struggle, and you can kind of relate closer to that. Um, this crazy book I have is missing that piece. You can't, can't you really can't get it. You, you can't, can't calibrate it, right? Yeah. You, can't, you can go like, that's the aspirational piece. And you can go like, oh, here's the beginner. But how do you calibrate it for where you are and people that have done things similar to you? Right. You know, I think that's that's what I really like is somebody asked me about a race. They're like, hey, what do you think about uh, a Marine Corps marathon? And I'll be like, oh, so-and-so was on the podcast and they did Marine Corps marathon. Why don't you listen to this episode? Right. You know what I mean? That to me is more than I can say of like, oh well, I hear it's uh it's warm and it's a little bit challenging at the beginning and the tail end is like really fast and you'll have a great time. Like that's cool, you know. My my familiarity with it might help. But um that that uh this is a person that you know that you've run with or that has done things similar to you and uh you can hear their story. And then the next time, guess what? We're at a group run. You're both on even pages and you can say, hey, that thing that you did at that run, I heard on the podcast. Um, what was that like? Right. And now you get more of the story. Um, I guess that to me is is the special piece about it. You know, I would agree. It, it, I listened to the um, what's, the, what's the gentleman's name? The Beast of Bird. Sean story. It was funny because. Again, right to your point, you, you know, I ask and be so bird and he's like, well, listen to this. So you listen to a gentleman who's running, he's got family, he's got a job, and he's got this race that's stuck in his head and things happen, right? You know, they, once, you, happen. once you start going out these distance, it's, uh, it's a, again, it's a matter of, yeah, you train, but, but mm-hmm. things happen, right? And then, it, then you got to get it. You got to get it done, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I enjoyed that, uh, so I think for me, the 100 miler is going to be the moment where I just do it. I'm going to pick that one and just do it. Um, <clears throat> because at some point, you're trained enough. You, 
got through those mental barriers. I think for me it was this training cycle. I kind of, I'm done, right? I can run 20 miles every day if I need to. I can do it. Um, the 100 miler, I look forward to the overnight. As mm. crazy as that sounds. That's the reason I'm, I don't look forward to 100 miles. So, yeah, I love but it. But you have that. You have that training. You have that background somewhere, yeah. but you just not blended it with running, right? Right. You have that in the military, and That's now true. you're like, oh, I got that. I used to love the nighttime. We'd be out at night all night, and we'd walk, uh, sometimes in Georgia jungles, or Georgia, we call them Georgia jungles, but swamps, more like swamps. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're out there all night, whether it's training, whether it's whatever it is. We're out in Texas. You're running around at night. There's something special about the night that I really like. Um, so when I think about, like, the Beast of Burden or um, 100-miler, that nighttime for me isn't a scary thing. I'm like, okay, that'd be fun. You know, you yeah. got that little headlamp view of things, and you get at it, and that's when the you know it gets gritty, it gets weird. Shit happens at night. Things change. It doesn't ever. Nothing looks the same. I would just be afraid of getting lost. So I think my first hundred mile would have to be someplace where I have a good guide. Oh, you well, why wouldn't you pick something crazy like you know? Uh, Barkley, you know. No, no, I've seen that story. <laughs> when a race wins, there's yeah. problems. Yeah, right? like or, uh, I mean, something like Vermont 100, where you're going up and over three mountains. You know, I don't know. I I'd have to think about like my next hundred. I, I think maybe you could just do a hundred miles at a hundred miles at Mind the Ducks. Well, you imagine? <laughs> I could not. Yeah, I don't know. I, I so. Where I'm going, um, we'll see. I have some, I have some races lined up, but I don't, I don't race a lot. So again, yeah, that's, getting back to racing, I don't race a lot. I think I did five races. Right, and that's what it seems like. You pick a race when you feel like you're sort of ready for it, and that's why I was wondering, like, maybe you wouldn't race your way up to a hundred, but um, it seems like eighteen hours. At 100K, or, you know, for you, probably 15 hours at 100K, might be a nice signpost and go, okay, I got that. It's just like doing 20 milers every day. Now I'm going to go to that, you know. And, I mean, you're inevitably going to have to do 100K, right? right. you got to see what it's like to be out there that long. Right. But whether you pay for it and other people are doing it with you is a little bit different. Right. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. I think it's, it's definitely in the books. I, uh, I'm definitely enjoying the process more than I thought I would. Well, and it definitely sounds like the worm is in your head, so you're not you're not shaking it. Right. Uh, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't just say, "Oh, I had a crazy thought of a hundred miler, but now I'm going to go do Cayuga Trails 50." No, it's uh, it's funny because once you start thinking about it, you're like, "Oh man, I could do that." That sounds wonderful, right? It's crazy. It sounds wonderful. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's like, a, for me, it's like 100 miles. It's like there's like the zero thing that I got. I could do that. That sounds wonderful. That does sound wonderful. Uh, <laughs> um, I, You know, I get nervous about, you know, the body, right? Because you always worry about how you're going to hold up and, you know, you hear tragic stories. Or, but then you hear people like um, in the running ultra world that they just, don't get injured or they run all the time and mm-hmm. so i kind of take a i kind of take a, a cautionary blend of that with you know there's also this yeah. and where do i fit in that and kind of play with it so to your point about racing up to that distance i may do that and i think this is the season for it. so we started at 50k and it's really my first race of the season mm-hmm. and that that's for me is pretty impressive you know i'm doing my first race of the season's a 50k yeah right so um 
Yeah, when I think of when I think of the stories in the running media, I always try to keep in mind that it's the extremes that that make it to us. The extreme successes or the extreme failures. Right. The big meaty middle is not what people write about. Right. You know what I mean? The I had an average time and nothing went wrong. Yeah. Nobody nobody writes about yeah. that stuff. You know, so there is a lot more of that that we don't hear about. A guy had a plan. He set a goal and he did it. Right. And I think that's what I took from Laura's. So yeah. you, you, that was exactly right. From Laura's, I took that. I was like, she had a plan. She had a goal. She got a coach. Mm-hmm. She didn't have to cut her shoes off this time. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and and, then, oh, and magically, she had a wonderful time. Yeah. Right? That's not making like the headline news of, oh, my God, this is epic. You know, you yeah. don't see all that. Colossal bonk and, you know, right. um, fell asleep in a garbage pile, you know, like Timmy Olsen at, yeah. uh, you know, um, Hard Rock, you know, that kind of stuff. But, um, I, you know, that makes me kind of sad because I, I, I think you could have a pretty epic, colossal failure revival success story, you know. Right. We found Steven at the bottom of the ditch. Yeah, but might. it was fine. He was wrestling a raccoon, <laughs> and then after he, after he got the raccoon in a headlock, he came back up, and the raccoon ran the rest of the race with him. Oh, I tell you, uh, I don't. I, the one thing I like about the ultra world too, and the running world in particular, is none of my races have been the same. They're all just these weird. Like you can go through like history of your Instagram or Facebook. I have this little box where I keep all this stuff in my house, and uh, you open the box. Each one is its own little adventure yeah. with. Sometimes the same people, sometimes different people, different groups, um, different distances, but they're always good memories. Mm-hmm. And I want to continue that. And I want to continue that as I go up. And yeah, the people change. And like you said, sometimes it's a smaller group. Um, but I still love running with everybody, so that's what I like doing. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely comfortable running by myself in my own space. Yeah, I well, do enjoy that. I have a feeling you'll get off the wait list and many on the Jenny, and you'll get a chance to run the, the same race with the same people. Right. <laughs> well, I'm, you know what surprises me? And I know I probably shouldn't say that because it shouldn't be a surprise. But a race, it's a 40-mile race, and it's already sold out. Yeah. Like, to me, that's, like, awesome. Like, it's a 40-mile race, and it's sold out. Like, yeah. there's people waiting to do this. Right. Uh, and that just says a lot about how it's organized, uh, how it's ran, its reputation, the word of mouth. People are like, Psh, that was awesome, right? Yeah, right. Um, and it's not for everybody. Some people, it's one and done. Right? Yeah. Bucket list it and be done. But I enjoy it. I, I, I enjoy the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so, so I think uh, this running season will be fun. Hopefully, I can... Come back to you and tell you. Uh, yeah, tell everybody all about it. You know, I mean, this is the this is the first of many, just like the uh, first of many uh, fifty milers, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's you know you mentioned something earlier about winning and stuff. I, I never realized how nervous that makes you. Like some people get nervous. It makes me nervous when you think about Absolutely, that. Absolutely. Um, there's a difference between, like you said, there's anonymity in the back of the pack. Right. You are up front. Everybody's chasing you. Right. There's like this weird, like, it's almost an uncomfortable spot. You're like, mm. Mm. And then it's, it's a self-expectation, too. Like, you know, okay, if I have no expectations of doing well, then it's okay. I can just relax. Mm-hmm. 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 Sometimes you have those. But, you know, when you put that on yourself, 
It's like, oh, or, or as you said, when a friend graciously puts it upon yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think you're going to win this. You're like, what? I wasn't thinking that at all, but now I am. Thanks. Oh, what? Thanks for nothing, you jerk. Let's yeah. go run another 20. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got to tell you, I have some good friends uh, who support me through this training. And anybody who does that kind of distance through training, and it's lonely, it's cold, it's shitty. I mean, upstate New York weather is... Why we do spring events, I have no idea. It's everything we want it to be. Right. Winter weather brings spring PRs, man. Yeah. Let me tell you. I, I, I you know, these Florida runners, yeah, mm-hmm. I've, uh, you know, some Instagram friends or some uh, travel friends from Australia. I think, man, that weather's beautiful. 300 days a year. Mm-hmm. Where would I be doing in Australia? Yeah, I wonder what it would be like if you had a little adversity in your life. Right. You know, you come up here. Uh, <laughs> of course, it's hot. I love I love running in the heat. In the heat, running for me is I just embrace it. I love it. I know some people are like, oh, I don't like the heat, mm. but but I'll keep you posted on yeah. uh, my runs and yeah. what's going on and uh, the running community and all that good jazz. Got anything else, Doug? No. Right. Um, I'm done. I just, I, like I said earlier, I can't believe You went into your little smooth jazz voice there for a second. Oh, yeah. No. Smooth I'm, talk. I'm done. Yeah, Welcome no. to Dark Thunder. Yeah. I have, uh, I don't know. I just have a lot. There's a lot on this subject, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is what we do on the trails, right? We literally talk for hours. Yep. Like, oh, I can't believe you guys ran for four hours. Like, no, we chatted for four hours. Yeah. And sometimes we don't. Right? right, like I mean, that's what I love about runners too. They know when to talk and they know when not to. Yeah. You know, so yeah, Letcher's was a good example of that this week. We kind of just everybody had their thing. Mm-hmm. We're all experienced. We all know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, the next guy or girl's that far, and next guy or girl's that far, and everybody's comfortable in their space. Mm-hmm. So meet back up, shoot the shit. How was your run? How was your run? Did you see that? I seen that. Did you miss mm-hmm. that? I missed that. Mm-hmm. Um, you have your own reasons and. That's great. Yeah, it's great. All right, man. All right, thanks, Chris. Cool. So, if you want to get deep into the Thrawn trilogy, just take Steven up on one of his Friday night 20 milers and ask him, So, what's up with Admiral Thrawn? No, that's not really what the Thrawn trilogy is about just just go on a run with him and ask him about the Thrawn trilogy and you'll figure it all out but the uh the thing you'll need to know there is that the miles will fly by and second you're going to get a heap and helping of a galaxy far far away and that's just the way it's going to be so the other part is steven's also a 5 a.m guy but i don't think he talks star wars during the 5 a.m one i think that's his like cooking Asian fusion style time. So, I mean, you have that option too. I don't know. Um, Either way, you might also hear about some of uh, Stephen's bigger projects this summer, which is maybe really why you want to join in, just to to hear what the guy's got cooking. Is he cooking? Brought it back around. Yeah, he's cooking thrones, not prawns. Oof. We'll keep that in the show. We're not going to edit that out. All right, so be sure to check out the episode show notes for links to some of the topics in the episode, like, you know, um, thrones and prawns, I guess, uh, 
as well as information on the sponsors like the Blue Foundation and the Mighty Mosquito 99. Hey, I mean, I threw the Thrawn trilogy in there too. So, I mean, you got three things that you can go look up now, not just going to find a link to register for Mighty Mosquito, but you could also like do the Thrawn thing too. Um, and uh, you can also find some links to the Strava Run Group and the Patreon page. So, Strava, Patreon. And uh, thank you to all this month's Patreon supporters, including new supporter, the human metronome himself, Chris Patterson. Did you know that uh, Coach Patterson and his uh, Boston running wife, Heather, just had their first child? Heather ran Boston shortly after that, too. And uh, Chris and Miles crude. So, yeah, now you know that. And if you want, you can go way back and find the episode called Just Run the Thing, where Chris talks about how he and Heather uh, were going to do the Comrades Marathon out in South Africa. So you can, that's a kind of a thing, too. I'll throw that in the show notes, too. Why not? So thank you, supporters. Uh, your continued financial support helps me keep improving this podcast. And if you look forward to this podcast each week and it inspires, educates, or entertains you, entertains, that might be a tough bar. Maybe it just inspires you, or maybe you just like hearing the people. But if it entertains you, hey, um, I'm doing something there. Consider becoming a supporter. Check out the homepage or the bottom of the show notes and click the Patreon banner. Please know that any amount of support is very much appreciated. Thank you. And if you want to chat about this episode with other listeners, um, or just simply share your Star Wars stories, uh, consider joining the Running Inside Out Slack, where we talk about all manner of things from recent episodes to our latest and greatest run, and even some of the crazy things going on in the running media. It's like social media, but without the whole social media thing. So, if that sounds like your kind of place, email me at chris at runninginsideoutpodcast.com with the subject Slack invite. But either way, all this said, keep in mind the number one way you can always support the show is to tell a friend and help them subscribe. If they seem interested, you know, like tell them, here's a podcast. This is what a podcast is. This is how you do it. Let me have your phone, grandpa. I'll type it in for you. And then like just physically subscribe them to the podcast. Don't, don't let them walk away without like having the podcast ready to go into their ears, you know, because they'll go home and they'll forget. They'll start watching C-SPAN or something like that. And then it's over with. So if they say, Hey, running inside out sounds cool. You say, let's get subscribed right now. So uh, one last thing, I'm always interested in your comments and your feedback on the show, even if I don't say it every episode. But again, as I said last episode, I'm making a point to say it every episode. So maybe I won't say it next episode, though. I don't, I don't know. Uh, please drop me a line at chris at runninginsideoutpodcast.com and let me know your thoughts. Thank you all for listening, subscribing, and telling your friends. Thanks for sharing your stories and getting out there to create more stories. Until next episode, be thankful for what you've been given, be proud of what you've achieved, and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.